Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also keep up to date with Red Zone Radio on Instagram at Red Zone underscore radio. Um, but man, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Bucks upset the Celtics at home. Grizzlies absolutely destroy the Warriors. Force a game six tonight. Suns and Mavericks. Uh, NFL schedule released tonight. Also, uh, we've got uh, 76ers uh, and uh, Heat. And also, some controversy surrounding a Tyreek Hill Tua video um, in the news. So let's go here first. Um, the Grizzlies destroyed the Warriors yesterday. It was ugly. I believe I was listening to the post game last night. It said that they were about 50, by 55 at one point. Not that I wasn't watching, but just wasn't doing the math. Didn't realize they were by 55 against the Warriors. Obviously, game six, it's going to be a lot closer, a lot tighter game. And I, the Warriors, I don't think are going to lose the series. It's too tall of a task for Memphis. But I'll say this. After that game, and and I'll, don't get me wrong, I, I'll go more in depth on this once I see them win in, uh, <laughs> once I see them win at Golden State. And if they can do that at Force Game 7, I'll go way more in depth on this. But I want you to think about this. The level of pressure that is on the Warriors. You're like, what do you mean? They're up 3-2. Hear me out of this. Okay, so they're going to game six against the team that has not had their star player in two games. And by the way, they almost lost the other night. Okay, so two whole games they have not had their best scorer, their best player. Their future face of the franchise. They haven't had them. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, up 3-1, get destroyed the sixth game at home. Does this, you know, not at home, but does this kind of sound familiar at all compared to the Cleveland series? Now, given this is not the finals, and given that Game 7 will be at Memphis, and given that this Memphis team does not have a LeBron James, okay? And I'm not saying it's going to happen. But there's an amount of pressure. And, and I'm not a legacy guy. I'm not a guy that's like, what is this player's legacy going to be? I like to just focus on what they are right now. That's what I enjoy talking about. I don't like talking about legacy. I don't talk about, you know, past years of football, all that. I, it's, it's just, let's just move on, right? I'm not a legacy guy. But I do think that there is an element to this that is like, this could hurt Steph's legacy. And I know it's like, well, what do you mean? He's still going to be the greatest shooter, but man, and I'm not even predicting this. I'm not predicting this is going to happen. Like I said, I'll go way more in depth on this. If the Grizzlies win 
Game 6, because if they win Game 6, Game 7 is going to be really interesting. Maybe even Jock comes back for that. Who knows? But there's a there there's an element to this that's like this could hurt Steph's legacy, Clay's legacy, Draymond's legacy. They're gonna be the team that blew two three one leads. And by the way, not that more pressure's on them right now than in the finals. But the difference here is, and, and, and I'm not saying that it's a long time for the average team. But it's not like this time they just won a championship the year prior. And it's not like this time uh, the team they're going up against has LeBron James. And it's not like this time it's in the finals. And it's not like this time that they're going to have the luxury of playing Game 7 at home. Game 6, I'm telling you, there is more pressure on the Warriors than there is on the Grizzlies. Because you know what the Grizzlies are thinking? They're like, Ja's not here. We're young. Who cares? Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. And they do, and they do over and over and over again. And game six is going to be the hardest one for Memphis to win. Because I'm telling you right now, if they win game six, I'm picking them to win game seven. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to win game six, but if they can somehow muster a win in San Francisco, you better believe that they can muster a game seven one with the potential return of Ja back in Memphis. So there's a legacy element to this for Steph Curry. Let's go to someone else who might have a little bit of a, a legacy element. Again, it's, I'm not a legacy guy, but Chris Paul is playing tonight for a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. Now, I don't think that if Dallas wins tonight, they're going to go to Phoenix with a closeout game and win game oh, Game 7 of Phoenix. I just don't. That's one of the best home atmospheres in all the NBA. I'll say this, though. If Dallas forces a Game 7 tonight, it is going to be, you know, I I think when you look at this past series, and by the way, I think Dallas is going to force a Game 7. Luka's got to show up. I think they're going to force a Game 7. It's home elimination game. I think they'll force a Game 7. But again, Chris Paul has this, and I just gave him credit yesterday, and I, I love Chris Paul. And he's a great point guard. And he and he's never really gotten the breaks. And I won't go out where you all that. But like I said yesterday, he's never really gotten the breaks that, that he's kind of deserved. With that being said, there's a legacy element with that. Um, not necessarily if it doesn't close out tonight, but if he loses the series. And I think uh, this is a big game for them. Alright. Let's go... Uh, NFL schedule releases tonight. Let's move over to the uh, the NFL because there's a story out there that I just I completely disagree with. This is um, and listen, this is not a shot at SB Nation, but man, do I this is okay. I'm gonna read the title. Tua Tagovailoa underthrowing Tyree Kill is the saddest Dolphins hype video possible because the Dolphins released a hype video, um, and Tua kind of threw him, and how people criticizing the social media team. Look, should they post the video? I don't know. Uh, it, to to me, this is kind of a non-story. 
Um, but this is what I'll say about Tua. He has been, ever since he comes in the league, he has been absolutely just hated on for no reason whatsoever. Um, look, I don't know what Tua you guys like that are writing bad about him in the media remember, but the Tua that I remember was the Tua that almost outdueled Joe Burrow and what was possibly the best offense ever in college football with a injured hip and a beaten down lower body, okay? And I remember him limping off the field, and he almost outdueled Joe Burrow in that game. Remember that ridiculous season? He almost beat him. With the worst team, and I'm not going to say Bama's a bad team, but it was worse than LSU that specific year. The two I remember <laughs> uh, came in for Jalen Hurts, and when they asked the championship, you're like, yeah, but that's in college. Okay. So when you look at the NFL, what he's done in the NFL, the reason why I'm bringing up his college stats isn't be- it's it's not because he hasn't done anything in the NFL, but it's because it, what he does in the NFL is underappreciated, undervalued. Nobody cares that he doesn't turn the ball over, even though that's pretty important. Nobody cares that he's super efficient, even though that's pretty important. All and. I and I talk about this a lot, so I try not to bring this up all the time. But he's a guy who, yeah, and again, it, it's similar to Jimmy Garoppolo area, to the Jimmy Garoppolo kind of thing, which is he's a guy who, for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, because he doesn't have the arm strength of Josh Allen, and because he can't run around like Lamar Jackson, and because. He's not like Aaron Rodgers. We don't want to talk about him. It's not fun to watch. And it's interesting because I've seen... Tua has kind of gotten bad breaks in the NFL so far. First of all, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Ryan Fitzpatrick starts over in the first five weeks, okay? He comes in during a COVID year. Oh, by the way, his draft class only included Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Now, listen, you have to admit that is on those right now are two potential Hall of Famers in the same draft class, and two is taken sandwiched right in between the two by the Dolphins. Look, you're right. He, he he's not. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism or anything like that, but he can run. He's accurate. You're right. He doesn't have. He can't throw it from end zone to end zone like Josh Allen can. But who cares? He said, "Oh, well, he's Tyreek Hill." Listen, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I remember those Alabama days with Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle. By the way, Jalen Waddle's on his team right now, along with Tyreek Hill. Speedy offense. Listen, those slant routes are going to be dangerous. And 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 look, it, Tua is he is your everybody who criticizes him on social media. It seems to be the same kind of complaint, which is well, he's not super athletic. He's going to unthrow Tyree Kill. It, who Look, the Dolphins posted this video. Should they have? I don't know. It's not really a big deal to me. Either way, if they should have or if they shouldn't have. Because why are we 
taking a clip from practice and acting like that's game film. Okay? If if this in spring where Tyree Kill is is, you know, a new new to the Miami Dolphins. If this was in season, it'd be a little different. I can understand it more. But this is a clip from a practice video with some music behind it. And everybody is is, is acting like it's like it's the final play of the Super Bowl. You got to understand, during this time of year, players are rusty. They're going to know one another. And I understand if you're going to criticize the Dolphins for posting this video, I wouldn't. I don't think it's that big a deal. But that's different than once again trying to say, oh, but Tua can't throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, so what does it matter? You're right, okay? Patrick Tua is not as good as Patrick Mahomes, okay? That's like saying that a bas- that's like going up to a basketball player and saying you're not good because you're not as good as LeBron James. Just because you can't match what the sport has never seen before, that's like going up to a sprinter and saying you're not good because you're not as fast as Usain Bolt. What we do in sports, <laughs> going up to a baseball player saying you're not good because you're not as good as Babe Ruth. We, we take the highest uh, threshold of player. Usain Bolt in sprinting, LeBron James in basketball, Patrick Mahomes in football. And these are arguable top two, top three players of all time, top three sprinters, right? And then we say everybody else who is in the similar fashion, if they're not as good as that player, then they're just not that good. And that's not the way it works. Tua is going to be fine. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Him and Tyreek Hill are going to be fine. By the way, look around their division. Um... The Bills are going to be an issue, and I love the Patriots, and they got a good coach, but they got they got no weapons right now. They got no speed on that team. Uh, you know, so it, the Jets had a great draft, but they're still young. It's not the best division in the world. So look. Say what you want to about Tua and his arm strength. I don't care. Um, but they're going to be fine. And the idea that this practice clip shows anything about how the season is going to go is absolutely insane to me. Uh, have you ever seen a clip of Steph Curry or LeBron James at practice missing an open shot where they're not being guarded? And and you might say no. That's fair. But let me ask you this. If you would have seen that before the season started, okay? And someone would have posted it. Would I, it doesn't matter if you posted it. If someone would have posted it. Would you have been like, oh, that's just, it's gonna, that's gonna tell you how this season is gonna go. It's gonna be terrible. No. You wouldn't have said that because that's not the way it works. Players are rusty. It's not even June yet, okay? They're they're not even in pads. They're not even hitting. They're not even scrimmaging, anything like that yet. Everything's going to be fine. I imagine a lot of players don't even know the playbook yet. Everything's going to be fine. They're going to design plays around Tua. It's going to work out fine. I'm not saying they're going to Super Bowl, but it's going to be fine. People just way, 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 way overreact to these videos. Um, Man.
All right, let's talk about the Bucks stealing one from Boston yesterday. They were up in that game. They go up 3-2. Wow. Is this series over? I don't know, but I'll say this much. That shot where Giannis has blood dripping down his face, it's going to be one of those shots that you see on social media years from now. It's going to be like, who remembers 2022 Giannis? <laughs> it, it, it was just insane. Um, man, that was a crazy game. People like, the Celtics lost the game. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I When you watch it, it's certainly... Uh, the Bucks certainly came through in the end. Whether or not the Celtics lost the game, the Bucks came through in the end, okay? But you watch this series unfold and you're seeing this listen. Anytime it's the second anytime you get to the second round, I mean you see a series all the time because you just see the other team so much. But anytime you get to five, anytime you get over five games, like when you're in the fifth game and you know that it's going to have to go to at least six, anytime you go six, five to six to seven games in a series, and really when it's and even in a sweep you see it sometimes, but anytime you go five to six to seven games in a series, you're just going to see scuffling. You're going to because people are just every little annoying tactic that somebody uses to box you out, to get a shot off, to juke, to you know, to cross to cross you up, whatever it is. You just see that so many times, and it just gets so annoying, right? And so that's why these players, anytime you see a series go this far, that's when you're going to start seeing scuffling. And what's interesting to me is when you watch it, this series, there there wasn't that much scuffling yesterday, but these players, I mean, this is this was a physical series. Bodies are hitting the floor everywhere, and... Um, there's a chance. Now, Now, Grizzlies would be the one exception. And obviously, we'll have to see what happens with the Suns tonight. There's a chance, and I don't mean like a small chance. I think there's a good chance. Maybe not all, but that the major- like three out of four of these final series goes to Game 7. And man, would that be interesting. That is, uh, th- that's great there. But the point I'm trying to make here is the NBA... I feel like went through, and, and I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not going to talking about all the political stuff, right? I'm just saying in general, like players, fans of it, kind of went through. A, like ever since they had gone on the hiatus, it, it it went. It's been through like it's been like these crazy ups and downs for the NBA. Um, because what happened was the bubble ratings were extremely high because everyone was like starving for sports and everyone was like, yes, basketball, right? Cause, cause everyone was just starving for sports and the bubble was really cool. You know, fans on the arena, it, it was a really cool kind of thing. Um, and then the finals happened, well, but, but then the problem for the NBA was <laughs> at a finals game going on at the same time as Sunday Night Football, and it kind of got, it didn't get crushed, but it, it kind of got beaten out. And uh, 
And then they went through a uh, regular season last year where they were in the stadiums but no fans, and the ratings were really low. And then the playoffs came back, and the ratings were really high because some fans were back. It was interesting. Giannis won the series. It was in July. And then it came back through this fall, and the ratings kind of, you know, stagnant kind of there, you know. Uh, and NBA regular season has never been that popular. And then the playoff, and then Mark Madness came, and their ratings were really high. And then the playoffs came for basketball, NBA, and their ratings were really high. And the point I'm trying to make here is, the NBA regular season clearly has an issue. But what the playoffs, to me, prove is that it can be easily fixed. And I'm not saying the regulars. I don't know if anything's ever going to compete with the NFL in terms of sports league. I mean, that's just way too popular in college football, too. But the NBA has this, has a fixable issue. It's not like they're starving for fans all year round. Okay, that's a different story. They can get fans engaged playoff time. They need a way to get them engaged during uh, the regular season. And so the way you do that, in my opinion, is the urgency. That's what these games make it in the regular season. You say, well, I could do that. Well, you don't need 82 games. All right. Part of the reason why football is so popular, college football, I've talked about this before, but just to kind of go over is, you know, college football is so popular because it doesn't matter if Alabama's playing a Division II school, if Ohio State's playing a Division II school. If they lose that game, they're pretty much out of the playoff, and so the urgency is there. NFL's not that way, but the urgency is still there to win, to win big games, to win division games, to win the title, to, to win the division title so that you can go to the playoffs, so you can get a higher seed. It's all there, right? The urgency is there in the draft. The urgency is there in recruiting for college football. And you just, you don't have that in the NBA during the regular season, and you got to find a way. To me, this is the... This is where the NBA finally has to do something. Be like, you know, our NBA, our NBA ratings in the playoffs are crazy high, and we're probably not going to reach that regular season. But we can improve this urgency and get some more fans into it. But we got to do something to fix that. Maybe allow less teams in the playoffs. Maybe you have to win a certain amount of games. Not just the urgency. You need more stars playing in the regular season. And that's something the NBA has got to fix. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Before you go, I'd just like to read one more thing. Uh, a quick Bible verse from Psalms. Please stick with me here. A quick Bible verse from Psalms 109. Start at 21, just a few verses here. Uh, this is Psalm of David. It says, But you, O God, the Lord, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. And, um, you know, the, the real important part of that verse is where it says, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy is good, deliver me. You know, the Bible says God is rich in mercy. And that's important. 
But um, if you're listening to this today, just stick with me there for like, just a couple more minutes. And if you've never really trusted in Christ, I want you to think about this. Even though God is rich in mercy, we all people when they when they talk about God today, and I'm not talking about like true Christians, but I'm talking about just when somebody says something like "God bless" or or, or somebody just says, you know, "God help me do this," "God help me do that," and I'm not I'm not saying that all those people are are. I'm not even saying they're lying, but I'm saying I think a lot of times when people say stuff like this, we get the wrong idea of who God is because he is rich in mercy. Don't get me wrong. He is good. But at the same time, he is a judge, okay? And not only is he merciful, but he's also um, he's also a God of wrath. I know it's not fun to talk about, but it's something that I think is kind of necessary, certainly necessary to talk about. And, you know, many people don't understand when, when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross. They they kind of understand, but they don't really understand what it means for them. So if we don't trust in Christ, just hear me out on this. God gave Moses the moral law, the Ten Commandments, and we've all broken it. The Bible says, for all of sin, the culture of the glory of God. Okay, so just to keep some of the Ten Commandments, that's for not blaspheme, or that's for, that's for not using the name of your Lord in vain, that's when I commit adultery. Jesus said, "If you look at the woman to lust, you commit adultery in your heart." We've all done so much evil, looked with lust and evil things, blasphemy. You say, "Yeah, but I do all these good things." This is the problem with religions. You might do good things, you might give to the poor, but if you go to a judge, right, and you say, "Yeah, I know I murdered this person," and you're on trial for murder, but I, but I also spent this time with my grandma, I gave to the poor here. I just gonna say that's good, but you still have to be punished for this, and God's punishment. For guilty sinners is hell. And we're all guilty sinners, but God did something for us because we can't get there by our own goodness. We can't outwork our own badness. He came in human flesh in the form of Jesus, and I'm sure you've heard this before, and died on the cross, and he rose from dead three days later. And when he did that, he defeated death and he defeated sin. It doesn't mean they won't go to hell, but it means he gave you an out to hell if you're willing to repent and put your faith in him. That's all you have to do. To repent of your, repent of your sin, confess your sin before God. And put your faith in Jesus, that he can save you, not yourself. Put your faith in Jesus. You can be forgiven of your sin. Be innocent before God. And that is what you must do to make it to heaven. Nothing you can do. It's a free gift by God. Um, and that's why that verse is so important. But your your mercy is good. His mercy is good. And he's willing to give forgiveness to all who call upon him. If you trust in the Lord, Jesus Christ. One more thing, I just say a quick prayer for you, dear Father. I ask you, touch the Spirit's heart, whoever is listening to this. Maybe they were running from you. Maybe they never understood it, but I hope that you help them see it in true light. And that you help them see their need for a Savior. Thank you for all you do for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, please think seriously about this. If you want more on this, please t- feel free to DM me on RedZone underscore radio on Instagram. I'll be happy to pray for you, help you with this. Check out uh, crossexamine.org, crossexamine on YouTube, Frank Turk. If you have any questions about God, I'm sure he's able to answer them. And then also, Living Waters, you're going to have an idea of what I'm trying to do here with Ray Comfort. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.